Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday, August 5th, 2016 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. Going to be a little bit shorter of a show for you guys this week. Really just going to be going over who the uh, big-time players have been so far in Patriots training camp. We'll be going over the reports from some of the beat writers who have been sending out some uh, good articles from Patriots training camp. We'll be going over the players who have been doing well and also some of the players who haven't been doing well as long as giving you a little bit more of an update on what we think the wide receiver position is going to end up with for the Patriots this season. So, yeah, thanks for joining us, and it'll be a good show. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Thanks, Larry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Patriots Beat. I'm your host, Harris Rubenstein, and it's been uh, quite the week for the uh, Patriots now that training camp is uh, really underway. We've been able to see a lot of the uh, big-time players show up. Some of the lower-tier players have also started to really show up. So we'll be going through... Uh, who've been the big performers so far at camp, as well as who've been some of the underperformers at camp. We'll be going over Bill Belichick's com- uh, comments that he's been making at his most recent press conferences, as well as going through the reports from the uh, biggest beat writers at Patriots camp right now. So let's uh, let's get right into things. So one of the most interesting things that I've noticed so far about Patriots camp this year is, like I said before, is Bill Belichick's press conferences. Because usually he doesn't, you know, we, we all know Bill Belichick. He, he doesn't really give a lot of insight, unless you ask him, like, real in-depth football questions. Usually he's pretty blunt when it comes to uh, answering uh, from the press. But recently, however, we've seen a little bit of a switch in that. Um, He's been asked a lot about different positional groups, um, how they've been performing, what he thinks the roster looks like, and more than once he's commented how a certain position is maybe the best he's ever had at camp. This this year's position is maybe the best he's ever had at camp. I believe it was um, Rich Hill from Pat's Pulpit, who uh, which is the SB Nation Patriots blog. He pointed out that he's that Bill Belichick has made these comments so far for quarterback, safety, cornerback, and wide receiver. So so far, and and today. He said, uh, he said, quote, as good, as, as good of a tight end situation overall from top to bottom as we've ever had here. Uh, and then Rich Hill said he said the same thing about receivers and safeties. So 
Big for uh, the Patriots that they're getting such a such a claim from their head coach and GM that they are so deep this year at so many positions that they're getting called out as maybe the best position players that they've had so far uh, in Bill Belichick's tenure, which is a big deal. So the tight end position, obviously, we know with Martellus Bennett, Clay Harbor, and obviously Rob Gronkowski. I remember I was reading something on Roto World yesterday about Rob Gronkowski, about how he's just... He's, Mike Reese says he's just been absolutely dominant in camp. You know, he's 27 years old. He's right smack dab in the middle of his prime. Ladies and gentlemen, this might be Rob Gronkowski's best season ever. This is age 27, wants a new contract, and we all we all know what I every every week I say we we all know uh, what I think about Patriot uh, Patriots players or any sort of sports athletes with uh, when it comes to contract seasons. But no, I think it's really interesting. What we're going to see from Gronk this year, just from how much he's been dominating in camp so far. Uh, he had a, some sort of pec injury uh, in the offseason. Apparently, he's 100% from that. Maybe he was benching too much or he pulled it doing some crazy Gronk thing. But who knows? Um, Mark Daniels from the Providence Journal uh, laid out a nice depth chart as he sees it for the Patriots cornerbacks right now. He says that it goes Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, Justin Coleman, Cyrus Jones, and Jonathan Jones as our top five corners so far. Uh, I really agree with that. I think Jonathan Jones right now has the most potential of any of the undrafted free agents they brought in to really make an impact on this team. I I like SEC cornerbacks. I think that they're just a different breed of defenders. Obviously, there are other cornerbacks who are good. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, Darrell Rivas went to Pittsburgh. But, you know, a lot of big-time NFL corners have have come from the SEC, and I think Jonathan Jones is kind of in that same bracket. I don't think he'll end up being as good as some of these guys, but I definitely think coming out of college as a number four, I think it will be a good uh it, it, it's good that he's on this team and it's performing really well uh quarter quarterback nothing really to report Brady looks like Brady Garoppolo apparently is starting to sound uh in his cadences pre-snap sound very much like Brady so maybe it's just because he's heard it so many times over and over good to see him performing well and Jacoby Brissett apparently has made some really <clears throat> excuse me some really pretty passes in page in uh training camp so Good to hear that he's performing as well. I talked about him in the quarterback. I talked about him a lot, excuse me, in the uh, quarterback position breakdown about how I think this camp is a really big um, step for him and how you know NC State wasn't a huge challenge for his athleticism and how Patriots training camp obviously will be. So it's really interesting to see that he's playing really well. Um, one thing I'd like to point out, kind of some insider information. So. I started my broadcasting career with uh, play-by-play sports broadcasting camps. If you're interested in getting into sports broadcasting and you're in high school, definitely definitely look into that. They're the best. Uh, at their Boston camp, they brought in Genio Grissom, who's one of the defensive ends for the Patriots. And one of the things I noticed about him is that when he came out of college, he obviously had a very big frame. He hadn't filled out yet. He was still He wasn't skinny by any means, but he still hadn't excuse me, filled out, and uh, they took a picture of him because he came and spoke to some of the players, or it's, excuse me, to the campers, and it was fun because they, you know, do, like, fake press conferences, and then they get autographs at the end. It's a lot of fun, but they took pictures of him. Holy crap. He got huge. His arms are massive. It's really interesting to see rookies coming out of college and then getting a full offseason, 
excuse me, of NFL workouts under their belts because, boy, oh, boy, do these guys pack on some muscle. He looks massive. He looks like an NFL player. He really does look like someone who's prepared to make a big step on defense this year. So Geno Grissom is on the very top of my list to end up with a really good season. Uh, They did a lot of offense versus defense today, switching uh, gears now, sorry. Um, we did. A, we saw a lot of offense versus defense today. This I'm recording this on a Wednesday. I'm going to be in New York uh, Thursday, Friday, and until Monday. So I have to record this on the Wednesday. On a, the Wednesday. So I'm just going through what we saw at training camp today. Um, it was offense versus defense today. Much better day for the defense, according to Ryan Hannibal of WEEI, according to Kevin Duffy of CSN New England, or excuse me, of Mass Live. I forgot he switched. Uh, Jabal Shear looked really good on one-on-ones, as did Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney is someone we'll talk about later in the show because he's really impressed me with some of the reports that have been coming out. Uh, Alan Branch finally uh, got into practice today. He's officially off the N- NFI list. Uh, we Last offseason, we had the same thing. Obviously nothing. He clearly just comes to camp being too fat and needs like a couple days to get back into shape, but he's fine. Uh, Julian Edelman and, um, uh, and Amadol, excuse me, are still in conditioning, still not practicing. Uh, Chris Hogan's shoulder injury is going to end up not being serious, so he sh- we don't expect him to miss any time. That's good. He needs to start getting uh, good chemistry with Garoppolo and Brady before the start of the season, obviously. Uh, we saw at right tackle a, another report from Mark Daniels that Cameron Fleming started practice playing right tackle opposite Nate Solder. Usually they give that to Marcus Cannon. So, like I said, I said this in our offensive line preview. I like that this stuff keeps coming up. But I said in our offensive line preview that I really think that Cameron Fleming is better than Marcus Cannon. Cameron Fleming is a Dante Scarnecchia guy, handpicked from Stanford right out of college. So it's no surprise to me that he is going to get highlighted a little bit on this team because I really do think that it's a make-or-break season for him. I don't know if he's going to make this roster. that He probably should based off of how much or the lack thereof depth they have at tackle. But it's a big offseason for him. He needs to show up in practice and really start to perform. What else happened today at practice? Just a, just a lot of good things. Let's go over the wide receiver position. I mentioned at the beginning of the show that that's something – I really wanted to um, identify because it's interesting to be observing these wide receiver reports because there's no Edelman, obviously, and there's no Amendola. So a lot of these lower-tier wide receivers are really, really getting some big-time looks and getting some big-time playtime. And one of the guys that has really stood out to me is Malcolm Mitchell. Malcolm Mitchell apparently has been blowing up camp. These beat reporters, Mike Reese, Hannibal, Jeff Howe, Doug Kide, they cannot stop talking about how good of hands this guy has. I w- I'm a big believer in Malcolm Mitchell. I, don't, I believe that Malcolm Mitchell, the only thing that, that held him down in college was his injury history. And that obviously still is one of the big worries that you're going to have with a player like him is that how is he going to stay healthy. But outside of staying healthy, He's blowing it up. He's easily, easily been one of the standout performers so far at camp. I think Malcolm Mitchell is going to end up being the star. I think he's going to end up take, overtaking Keyshawn Martin for that number four job. He, he's, he's so good. He keeps blowing up a lot of these cornerbacks. He's made great catches over both Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan. They brought in EJ Biggers. He's done a lot of good work against him too. So it wouldn't surprise me if we come out with the wide receiver position looking something like Edelman, Amendola, Chris Hogan, Malcolm Mitchell at that four spot. I really think he's going to be a big-time player for 
for this team. He's smooth. He has good hands. He runs good routes. And apparently he's making a really good repertoire with uh, Garoppolo and with uh, Tom Brady. Jeff Howe says that his hands are really quick. You can tell when he's the guy who makes the catch. He made a couple good catches today also against Justin Coleman and Cyrus Jones. Derek Havens, who we had on last week, called him extremely smooth. Um, I mentioned, you know, this week we're not going to have a guest just because I really wanted to get a quick episode out to you guys to round up what we saw from uh, Patriots camp this week. Uh, No guest this week. We will be going back to having a guest next week, just not the way the cookie crumbled. But to so to go back to what I was talking about, let's go on to offensive line because that is a big um, a, a big area for concern for the Patriots this offseason has been the offensive line position. But one person who stood out, I mentioned it before that I want to talk about, has been Joe Tooney. Apparently, Joe to- the Joe Tooney hype train is just is just rolling down the tracks right now. He, he apparently has been doing extremely well against the first-team defensive line. Apparently, he had a very some very, very good performances against Terrence Knighton on one-on-one Oklahoma drills. So, good for uh, Joe Tooney of really showing up in camp. I think he's a, a threat to really start a guard on this team. I think it was Derek Havens last week who said that Joe Tooney could really step up this, uh, this summer and try to get a spot on that offensive line. I'm a big believer in him. I think Joe Tooney is going to end up being a pretty good player on this team. But let's let's stop talking about the players that have been good. Let's talk about some of the players who have been a little bit negative. So it might have been hard for, if you follow a lot of the Patriots beat writers like I do, I follow probably every single one. If I'm missing any, then I'll find them eventually. There haven't really been a lot of negative players so far in camp. There haven't uh, been a lot of negative players that have been talked about, at least. Although we've been hearing so far the first week of camp, as you will hear across all NFL teams, is, oh, look how good our players are. They're so good, la, la, la. But, like, I think it's, uh, it, it's interesting that we haven't seen a lot of negatives come out so far. But a couple negatives that I, I'd like to point out. One person I, that has just not sounded very good to me has been EJ Biggers, the cornerback they brought in from the Bucks. He just doesn't sound very good. I don't think he's going to end up making this team. He hasn't really performed well in camp. Uh, a couple other guys that haven't performed too well. Nate Washington apparently hasn't really stuck out. He got hurt, so has been sitting out. So if you're Nate Washington, you just you need you need to get on the field to show that you can create a, weapon, a repertoire with some of these players. But... Unfortunately, with him sitting out, he's just not going to get that chance. I, I think he's going to end up being one of the quote-unquote surprise cuts of this team. I just think they have too much talent at wide receiver position. And to be totally honest, guys, I think Aaron Dobson's beating him out for a job. I think Aaron Dobson has performed extremely well in camp so far. Apparently, he's made some really nice catches over the past first over the past week. Excuse me. Jimmy Garoppolo and him have had some really uh, good plays in the red zone so far. So I don't really see. A, a reason why Aaron Dobson should end up making this team. I think Bill Belichick said it uh, really, though, is that we've seen Dobson do this before. We've seen him have good preseasons. Excuse me, we've seen him have good practices, but it's never translated well into games, and I think that's a big issue. So we'll see how he does in the preseason and how he performs in the games, but so far, so far so good for, uh, for Aaron Dobson at Camp at camp uh, 2016. 
Another person who I want to point out that I don't think that I think is kind of losing slip on his job is Brian Stork. So I'm a I'm a Brian Stork fan. I think that he's a very good center when given consistency and a chance to actually dig his feet into the position. I think the last season we saw too much shuffling around with the offensive line. I think he was injured and blah blah blah. So he didn't end up having a good season. He never really got into a good rhythm. But apparently with Brian Stork being out, David Andrews has stepped up big time. I said uh, that. Derek An- David Andrews was going to make a big run at this job, and he really has. Apparently, he's slimmed down a lot. He looks more professional. He looks just like a more solid player, and apparently he's performed today. He hasn't missed a snap in camp so far. He's been doing an extremely good job with blocking, and the more and more time, Brian Stork is apparently sitting out, apparently got hurt, but just, you know, if you the more time you sit out, the more time David Andrews gets to shine, and I really do think that David Andrews is going to shine if you give him the chance. I think, again, an SEC offensive lineman, a center from Georgia. We saw him perform extremely well last season. I actually think he might end up starting the season as the starting center with how we've seen camp really um, really trend. But that's a big prediction that I think we'll, uh, we'll wait on for now. But I, 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 I think David Andrews will end up winning the starting job. One other interesting thing that just came across my Twitter feed as I'm recording this episode is uh, I saw that uh, Bill Belichick spoke about DeAndre Carter. So for those of you who don't know who DeAndre Carter is, DeAndre Carter is a wide receiver on the Patriots. I believe he's an undrafted free agent out of, uh, where did he go? I want to say he went to like Cal State or like San Jose State or something. He's a little guy, not, not very big, but he used to play for the Ravens. He's very, very fast. Very good hands. And today, Bill Belichick actually referred to him as a Troy Brown kind of build player. Has enough speed to compete on the perimeter. So, you know, again, I I tweeted about this for our show last week. But this wide receiver core is amazingly talented and deep. I, I know it's obviously pretty biased to say... But this Patriots death chart at, at wide receiver, I will always bring it up. It is amazing. Edelman, Amendola, Chris Hogan, Keyshawn Martin, Nate Washington, Aaron Dobson, DeAndre Carter, Chris Harper, Devin Lucian, Malcolm Mitchell. Now, there's not a lot of top-end talent on that team. Fair enough. I can agree with that. Obviously, I think Julian Edelman's fantastic. He is. But obviously, there's no, like, Alshon Jeffrey, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown on this team. But this team is incredibly deep at the wide receiver position. If Malcolm Mitchell is going to end up being your five, maybe, then you know that you have a deep wide receiver core. He's going to be a really good player. So it's good to see with how many wide receivers they have on this team that even the lower tier guys like DeAndre Carter are really stepping up because it, it's very much necessary if, they, if he wants to make the team. Looking at this wide receiver core right now, um, I think, obviously, Amendola, Edelman, Chris Hogan make this team. Keyshawn Martin probably makes his team due to his due to just the new contract he signed. Um, and then Aaron Dobson, I think, is going to make the team. So right there is five receivers. Malcolm Mitchell, I give you six. So there's going to be at least one more. I think that's about it. I think we're only going to go six. The seventh receiver might be DeAndre Carter. I, I think Devin Lucian is going to be a practice squad player. I don't think Chris Harper is going to make this team. I think, like I said, Nate Washington is going to be one of the cuts. And um, DeAndre Carter is going to be a big-time bubble player. They might keep seven wide receivers if he performs well in camp just to keep him. But I don't think he'd survive on, waiter, on waivers. Excuse me. But we'll see how the rest 
of the uh, of of camp runs out. Interesting though, the Patriots actually brought back an old friend. Uh, they re-signed John Halapio, who uh, big guard. He drafted out of I want to say Florida. He had a lot of injury issues in college, and they translated poorly into the NFL. I remember he ended up playing for the Devel- Development of Football League. What was that thing called? The, like, NXFL something? What was it called? Something like NXFL, FXFL, whatever it is. Some developmental football league that no one ever watched. He said that he played four games for them, and they never actually paid him. So just an interesting little story around him. But uh, also, recording this on Wednesday, August 3rd, like I said, happy birthday, Tom Brady. Uh, today's Tom Brady, and also, as Bill Belichick says, it's also Chris Barker's birthday, so don't forget that. So happy birthday to both of them. Tom Brady turns 39, Chris Barker turns 26, so a couple of uh, Patriots birthdays today at Patriots camp. But let's go back to the uh, to the offensive line, because offensive line obviously is a big position, like I keep saying for this Patriots team this offseason. So a couple players that I want to point out, Trey Jackson has yet to practice yet. Uh, to my knowledge, I believe that he's still been out with some sort of injury. I forget what actually injured him. Maybe a pup video, or he's on the pup for something. Maybe a hamstring issue or some sort of leg issue. I'm not entirely sure. But big, issue, uh, big thing today, uh, according to Jeff Howe, is that Shaq Mason was back practicing, which is big because Shaq Mason, as of right now, is your starting right guard. So Shaq Mason is a very, very important player to this team. Shaq Mason is probably the one stalwart that they have on the interior offensive line that is going to start this year. I think he's going to end up getting the starting guard job, or I think he already is the starting guard going into this season. I think as good as Josh Klein is, I don't think Dante Skarniecki is a big fan of his, so I don't think he's going to end up starting. So on the other side, it's really between Klein, Thune, Jackson, and Jonathan Cooper, who we'll get to. Um, but, you know, maybe even Brian Stork, they might try him at guard if David Andrews takes the starting job. So we'll see what happens. But definitely, Shaq Mason returning to practice is a big, big thing. But another big, big thing is that Jonathan Cooper got injured. That is not good. So Jonathan Cooper has had a lot of injury problems in the NFL. That's been his biggest issue. Has been able to, he can't handle injuries. He's never been able to get into a rhythm on again. I want to thank Derek Havens for coming on so it's been and uh, kind giving of us poor, some of his thoughts on the Patriots camp battles. If you want to go check out his writing, I'm a big really fan of his. Go check out patsfans.com. He's the uh, one of the feature com- columnists. Yeah, apparently, he went me, out with a over there, so definitely a good guy. Or uh, however like his podcast you say too, that, pages for which is obviously go check out his stuff. He puts out a lot of really good content on the bottom. Going back to the stuff he was talking about before we wrap up the show, really have to be careful. I like a lot what he said about the camp battles. I really think him. the Patriots it are aligned for a really fun to camp just because it's going to be very don't, competitive. Don't get it twisted. This I didn't is realize not, he's right about that cornerback spot. He needs that to be healthy. It really is like seven, eight shows Garnett and what he can do on this, agents. on this offensive so line. A lot of the fun less to time he has to show off his skills, the less chance he has to make so much talent behind it. But that's going to do it for today's Patriots podcast. If you want to help support the show, please give us a subscription and rating and review on iTunes. Get fun to cook meals for your family and friends by ordering healthy, delicious ingredients. Blue Apron. 
promo code Celtics Feet for your $20 rebate when you get meals for under $10 with the freshest deal in health and ingredients. As a loyal supporter of the LNS Radio, we are offering your first two meals free with shipping by going to BlueApron.com and the CLNS Radio I'm Harris Rubenstein. This is the Patriots Beat Podcast powered by CLNS Radio. We will be back So one thing, another cool thing that has come out through all this stuff is like I do. Martellus Bennett, for those who don't know, is a very, very interesting guy. He wrote a children's book. I think either him or Michael did. I think it was I think it was Martellus. Today... Uh, who was it that uh, released an article? Today was uh, Mina Kimes from the uh, from ESPN the magazine. She's one of the senior writers. She did a she kind of followed around the Bennett brothers, Martellus and Michael, for a couple of days in Los Angeles and just kind of gave a big roundup on them. Man, he's an interesting guy. They 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 talk about. I think one of the favorite quotes from that article is how Martellus, Martellus Bennett said, "Quote: I'm pretty sure I'm the Kanye of the NFL." And today. Martellus Bennett is talking with the uh, with the media. He said that he's watched every single catch that Aaron Hernandez made with the Patriots, and he said that t- that uh, Rob Gronkowski is really effing good. So nice to see that uh, Martellus Bennett is fitting in really well. They they asked Martellus Bennett about what it's like to be on the Patriots uh, in this article about how it's different. He said that the Patriots and the Giants were the only two teams. He's ever been on that acted like teams, so I think he's really happy to be on a on a team that really knows how to use him well and understands that he is a premier player. Twenty nine years old, looking for a new contract. They really need to feature him in the offense, and I think what we've seen in camp is exactly what they're happening. He, he's had a very very good time practicing with Tom Brady. Their chemistry has been off the charts so far. The last five passes that that Tom Brady made today on Wednesday, which I'll keep referring to, the last five passes he made in 11-on-11 red zone drills were all to Martellus Bennett for touchdowns. So good for uh, Martellus Bennett really fitting into this offense with very little time. I like him studying Aaron Hernandez. The only issue is that he's a much different player than Aaron Hernandez is. The one thing that I always liked about Hernandez and Gronk is that they were the yin to each other's yang. Gronk was the big bodied blocker who run over people and was so just massive. And then Aaron Hernandez was the quick shifty tight end who could duke you out of your shoes and just run down the field like a, like a wind, like the wind, excuse me. So it was really nice to see them be, you know, the into each other's yang. Whereas I believe that Martellus Bennett is way more of a, carbon copy of Gronk. We even had Bill Belichick come out and say that both of them are very uh, modern-day NFL tight ends, dual-threat tight ends that are both just absolutely humongous threats. So with them being such big threats and them working off each other well, the more time you give Gronk and Martellus Bennett to work together, the scarier this combo is going to be. I am fr- I would be frightened if I was an NFL team having to go up against these two tight ends. The, how do you? Who do you cover? <laughs> like, if you find double cover Gronk, Martellus Bennett's going to be open. Double cover Martellus Bennett. I'm sorry that Rob Gronkowski is going to run and just dominate you anyway. So, it's a really interesting uh, interesting dynamic that those two are making. I, when they made that trade, that, I thought that was one of the best moves of the offseason. I thought the Patriots game Martellus Bennett was one of the scariest additions any offense could make in the NFL. That's about as scary as the Arizona Cardinals defense getting... Uh, Chandler Jones. 
very, very similar in my it's just better best getting excuse me, it's just the best getting better. So good for Martellus Bennett doing well. Um one person I don't think has gotten any any press at all has been the return of James Devlin, the best fullback in football. Now James Devlin missed last season unfortunately with a I believe he broke did he break something? I want to say he broke his leg? Maybe broke his leg. Either way, sad sad that he had to go down like that. I'm a big fan of James Devlin. I think that James Devlin is one of the best fullbacks in football when he's actually healthy. And today he's been coming out that he's performing really well. Martellus Bennett uh, also said today that he loves James Devlin and calls him one of the best. He says, quote, he's the best fullback who I've ever played with. So really nice to hear that... James Devlin has come back fully healthy. Like I know I keep talking about the positive of this team, and I know that a lot of people will point out, oh, you're so biased, blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm simply reporting like what's coming out from camp. There's just not a lot of negatives. I think it was Doug Kide yesterday. Let me see if I can pull up the tweet. It was astonishing what he said. He said that every single – here, let me see if I can pull it up. Random note. He, it was, was yesterday. Random note, this is the most talented Patriots training camp roster I've seen top to bottom. Few, if any, players cl- few if any players who clearly don't belong. And this is Doug Kide, who's seen, I want to say this is going on maybe his sixth Patriots training camp. And we've seen some bad players coming to training camp. The bad players coming into training camp. And it's really nice, it's great to hear that this is how talented of a roster this is. It doesn't surprise me at all. I think he's, I think he's right. I will continue to say that I think outside of 2014, this is the best Patriots team that they've had since 2007. I will, I will stake my name on that. This Patriots team is really, really good. This is the best team in the AFC by far. This is the second best team in the NFL by far going into the season. I just I just don't see where the weakness is right now in this team. The weakness, in my opinion, down the line, I think will end up being pass rush. But as of right now, I just don't think it's a big enough problem that you say, oh, their pass rush is an issue. I think they'll end up getting that worked out with some good defensive uh, defensive planning. But yeah, it's it, you know it's, it's great to see the Patriots performing so well. You want to see uh, obviously. A lot more of that with Tom Brady turning 39 and Rob Gronkowski entering his prime. You really want this and next year to be the years that you're showing up at camp. You don't or showing up just in the season. You really don't want to be wasting any more time, you know, dabbling around. That's why they made. Well, that that's the one reason the Chandler Jones trade was a little bit confusing to me. Was that you know why not just go all out for it this year? But we'll definitely see how this all turns out. Into uh, into the regular season. Another thing I wanted to talk about, which uh, has a big impact on the Patriots. This will be one of the last topics before I let you guys go. Tyra Matthew signed a contract yesterday, which was just absolutely massive and totally deserved. About five years, sixty-two million dollars. Uh, I want to say forty million of it was guaranteed. Now, every penny of that for anyone who watches football knows that's totally worth it. He's He's amazing. You know, he's one of the best defensive backs in football. He's not really a safety. He's not really a corner. He's not really a linebacker. He's just he's just a defensive back. So really good to see him thriving. But his contract is actually quite important because 
you know, the Patriots have two corners without contracts for the uh, after the season coming up in Malcolm Butler and in Logan Ryan. So the contract that Tyron Matthew just got is pretty much in. So it's cornerbacks get paid more money, obviously. Just that's just how the position is. So he got roughly in the middle of between what the high end cornerbacks get and what the high end safeties get. And they kind of just called it in the middle. The Cardinals probably called him a safety. He probably called himself a cornerback since the Cardinals and him have a really good relationship. They're probably like, all right, let's just call this in the middle. You're one of the best players in the NFL. $12 million a year, 40 mil guaranteed. Perfect contract for both sides. But with the Patriots having two cornerbacks, they're obviously going to have to pay a little bit higher. So in referring to whose deal I think is going to look more like Tyron Matthews, I think Malcolm Butler's deal is going to look a lot more like Mal- like uh, Tyron Matthews, which with way less guaranteed money. I do not think for a second Malcolm Butler is worth $40 million of guaranteed money. I do not. I think he's a very good player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a very good corner. But I do not want to give $40 mil guaranteed to Malcolm Butler. I think a good contract from Malcolm Butler would be five year would be four years, forty-eight million dollars with twenty-eight million guaranteed. I think that's a very good contract for him. Same same yearly averages, one less year, and about twenty million dollars less, or excuse me, twelve million dollars less in guaranteed money is what I would pay. Whoop, excuse me, my mind is what I would expect Malcolm Butler, sorry guys, Malcolm Butler to uh, get in the offseason. One thing, I think Logan Ryan, however, a good contract for him, I think he'll get a five-year deal since he's about two years younger. I think a good contract for Logan Ryan would be about maybe five years, 45 with about 23 mil guaranteed, about five mil less guaranteed and obviously less money yearly than Malcolm Butler. Just because Logan Ryan's not as good of a player, he's definitely more of a number two. I think paying $12 million a year for your number one corner and about $8 million for your number two corner is pretty good. But we'll see. I'm still questioning whether the Patriots will actually bring back both of them. Because not, I don't know if history says that they will or not. I don't have that information in front of me, nor do I have that off the top of my head. But it just seems to me knowing the Patriots, that they'll let one of them go. And if they're going to let one of them go, it's probably going to be Logan Ryan. Because they drafted Cyrus Jones. They brought in Jonathan Jones. So I think one of the... They'll let, they'll let Logan Ryan walk. But that'll definitely be a topic for another day. But that's about it, guys. Uh, every, you know, all, all the camp information has been really good and really positive coming out so far. I'll be back next week with a big-time guest and also to be going over the uh, past the past week of training camp from then as well. If you have any, if you want to ask me some Patriots questions, please follow me at Sportsteen. That's at S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-I-N. It's kind of my last name, Rubenstein, but... The first, but Ruben is replaced with sports. So please uh, go follow me on Twitter. Ask me some Patriots questions. I'd love to talk with you guys. I'd love to start a mailbag 
if we get enough people. But if you want to also help support the show, please give a subscription, rating, and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Today's show was also presented to you by the SeatGeek Ticketing app. Once again, use the promo code CelticsBeat for a $20 rebate when you download the SeatGeek mobile app. It's a great deal and also helps support the show. Want to give a shout-out to everyone who tuned in and listened. Want to thank uh, Larry H. Russell, the executive producer. Want to thank the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. I'm Harris Rubenstein. This is the Patriot Beat Podcast. Powered by CLNS Radio. We will be back next week with some great Patriots news. Have a great weekend, everyone. Adios.